Men are built for the demands of life. The breadth of our shoulders bears the weight of responsibility in our homes. The depth of our voices projects strength to the world. And the length of our stride, our ambition, propels us toward career success. Man Up For Life is the coaching and speaking brand you need to reach the heights of your individual and organizational greatness. Responsibility, power, and ambition will cease to overwhelm you and begin to inspire you. To get started today, contact Demetrius Love at manupforlife at yahoo.com or at manupforlife across all social media platforms. Responsibility, power, ambition. Don't be overwhelmed. Be inspired. Start today. Thank me tomorrow. Hello guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of the Motown Philly Podcast. This is episode number 50 and I am super excited. Yet another time, super excited, but no more than, no more than actually this because it is number 50 and we have a special guest on here today on episode 50 of the Motown Philly podcast. Before we jump into this episode and tell you about who our special guest is, Tim has some gratitude to share with you guys as we do customarily. What up, Tim? What up, Jay? Thanks, brother. Listen, man, we are grateful here at the Motown Philly podcast. There's one thing we know is that gratitude is the best medicine. Whatever you're going through, your life might not be as you want it, but you can be thankful for what you do have. You can be thankful for the things that are happening that are going your way and none of us are perfect nobody's life is exactly the way we want goodness knows our podcast isn't exactly the way we would like it to be or the way we want it to be but that's nobody's fault it's just the nature of of the way things are so we do our best here to remain grateful we are grateful for you our listeners we thank you so much for giving us the privilege of coming into your lives, whether you're doing laundry or cooking dinner, or whether you're shuffling the kids to school, no matter where you are, whatever you're doing, we we know, we recognize that it is a privilege that you listen to us, that you take the time to subscribe mm-hmm. and, and get those upload notifications and that you're downloading, that you're sharing with your friends and family. Jason and I want you to know we never take that for granted and we just appreciate you and we we love you for who you are for what you do for us. Please take a minute and go to the Motown Philly Podcast Facebook group. Share with us there. Share your comments. Share your criticisms. Jason and I, we're here for all of it. We're all about growth. We're all about learning. We're all about commitment we're all about communication Uh connection and community and so just wanted to say thank you on behalf of jason and we are just so pleased that the motown philly family is here 50 weeks in 50 weeks strong you heard jason right we have not missed in 50 weeks we have not missed one week we have delivered content for you in this podcast space on communication, connection, and community consistently. There's another C for you. Yeah, yeah. Consistently, we have done it for 5-0. And we don't mean the popo. We mean <laughs> five week, 50 weeks straight. 
So listen, we're going to go from 50 to 500 to 5,000. Yeah, yeah. And we taking y'all with us. We're going to be in some swanky restaurant live one of these days on our YouTube feed. We're wow. going to be, we're going to have a million subs. We're going to, wow. That's good. We're going to get this one Let's episode. Get it. Get it. We start that journey. Tie down. True, so true, thank true. you all for doing all that you do for us. Keep supporting us. We love you. We appreciate you. And we are grateful for you. Back to you, Jay. Yes, yes, yes. Chick, I, I was so excited. I didn't even really introduce myself. I am Jason Hall, the Motown in Motown, Philly. That voice you just heard was Tim Chick Golden, the Philly in Motown, Philly. That's right. The Philly in Motown, Philly in Motown, Philly, the city of brotherly love and sisterly affection. Yours truly, Philly. Go Eagles. Fly, Eagles, fly. Wait a minute. I'm starting already. Wait, wait, back. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. Reel it back in. I'm sorry. So, as you guys, as you guys can tell, like we are, we got a lot of energy, um, and we are really excited about today's episode. As you well know, if you tuned yeah. into last week's episode, we talked about movies, we talked about black cinematography and television shows that are produced in the culture and how they've affected us, how they affected us, how we communicated, how they communicated to us, how they impacted our lives, how we connected with those things, and how they created community because. We all have memories of these certain films and these certain shows, black shows, black films that have really impacted our lives. I mean, last week, Kevin, we talked about we talked about Martin, but let me not let me, let me I'm getting ahead of myself. OK, OK. You already heard me. You already heard me. Let me introduce coming to the stage. Let me introduce my friend, my brother, my guy. The Kevin Cameron Kevin Cameron Let me give a quick little bio He is from Let me swallow real hard before I say this He is from the great country of Canada Toronto is where he was born and raised Not on the playground is where he Well, I guess he spent time in the gym Because there was a lot of winters But I won't get into that right now but Ke- the Kevin Cameron, we brought Kevin Cameron on. He is a film maker. Kevin has done some really, really dope stuff. And I wanted to say something else. Some really, really dope stuff in the lane of uh, cinematography, creating shows, skits, and movies, uh, which we will get into very, very soon. But I am proud uh, to be his brother and friend and i'm just gonna say welcome to the show kevin cameron hey man i'm so happy to be here thank you tim thank you jason i'm super pumped to you know have this talk with you guys i am um big fans of the show and i am a, hu- a huge supporter you already know from day one so True. i i'm glad True. that i could be here at uh, such a a wonderful celeb- celebratory episode five zero, True. you know, to uh, yeah. take you guys uh, and celebrate with you guys and and have this conversation. I'm happy to be here, guys. Thanks for the invite. Yo, man, we're we're super excited. We're super excited. The thing Absolutely. is, the thing is, like this is the fiftieth episode. Like it's incredible, Tim. We we literally have two more weeks into a year, and 
Kevin, you kind of get to kind of break into this 50 thing that this whole this whole mm-hmm. like 10 more episodes as we go into our year and we're, we're, we're really happy that you're here. But w- let's get into a little bit of why you're here. Uh, us, Tim and I talking about movies all last week and, and bringing you here as a resident um, film uh, maker. And let's talk a little bit with us about what do you do? I know a lot of times you find yourself behind a camera and a lot of times when people see you behind a camera, they might think you take pictures stills and they might think you make little videos. And I don't think that's anywhere close to what you do. So let the people know like what your title is and what what does that mean and what do you actually do like what do you provide as a service and and to the community and to the culture yeah uh, i appreciate the opportunity to share so um i'm i'm a few things in the creative sphere um so i am a filmmaker so i do uh create films so like i would produce direct uh, write, uh, you know, conceptualize ideas, all of that. Um, so I do, I do produce films and I'm also a videographer where, um, I make commercials for business owners and people who are trying to market something. Uh, that's, that's the stuff that I do, um, pretty much like every, every week, like every day I got several commercials and stuff that I work on on a daily basis. And I'm just an overall creative. So I also do for my social media, I do, I write short skits. I write, um, I do uh, little uh, vignettes. Uh, You know, I'm just creative in that, in the area of media and video and film. So um, I'm a filmmaker when it's time to create my movies and my documentaries. I'm a videographer when I'm making commercials, uh, which um, is like mini films and, you know, I'm a somewhat of a graphic designer. And the, the main thing that pulls it all connects it all together is I'm basically a storyteller. Wow. Wow. That's beautiful. Kev, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm thinking about you described. So I, I have, I have questions. I have two questions, but I'll ask. I'll ask this one first. What is it, Kev, that inspires you to tell a story through film? You know, because I'm an actor and one of the problems, not problems, but one of the challenges for actors like me who do theater is that in theater, characters have to say a lot but in film my colleagues who are actors who are in film i have a buddy of mine who was a regular on tyler perry's meet the browns jason has worked with him uh, in his in his speakers mechanic business his name is maurice smith and in my conversations with maurice one of the things that i've learned and with some of my acting teachers has been that in filmmaking and i've i've written a script for a short film that has not yet seen the light of day because i'm not a very good screenwriter so in the interest of being vulnerable i'll say that and some of the feedback that i've got on my script is 
Tim, your characters are saying too much. You have to remember that in film, the camera tells the story. And I'm thinking of films, great films where there wasn't a lot of dialogue. Like y'all remember Tom Hanks and Castaway, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. When in the majority of that film, he's on the island converting a soccer ball into a human face. Right? Yeah, volleyball. So that he can have yeah. somebody to talk to, right? Mm -hmm. So it was a soccer ball, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. but, but anyhow, Kev, what is it that inspires you to tell a story through film? And can you talk to us a little bit about how when you write your script, you understand that you have to leave room for the cameras to do a lot of the storytelling. How do you how do you strike that balance between telling the story through a character, but having the character be seen through the camera rather than be heard through their own voice? That's Good a great, question. great, great question. So um, yeah. in in film and in, in screenwriting, script writing, the 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 thing is the adage is show don't tell mm, mm -hmm. show mm -hmm. don't tell right if you have an opportunity to show it you don't say it mm -hmm. you you mm -hmm. you show it and so the best actors can make you feel the intensity of the moment whether it's sad happy suspense by the look in their eyes you know by the the type of music that is played you know their pace their actions like that that is the the best way to 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 make a movie is to show and don't tell um you know so i'm like you i like dialogue right I, I, my my genre is is drama that's my genre of choice because right. i'm a conversationalist by heart i love communication I love a good story. So, um, you know, um, so it's, it's also challenging for me to not just say the thing that I want to say when I'm writing, because I got, I, I can, I can put the words together quite well, but the challenge is to show the audience, you know, that same emotion without telling it, because you could just tell everything and it just would not carry. But if you're able to show, and that's that's the way to go. That's that's what keeps the audience's attention. Um, mm. And my why I chose film um, to tell stories. Um, so if, if I go back a little bit in my life, um, I've always been a storyteller. So for some people, they hate standing in front of an audience and pub they don't like public speaking, you know public speaking gives me literal energy like i like i just love standing up in front of people and especially if i know what i'm talking about i like i just love it. even if i don't know what i'm talking about mm -hmm. if so, you know if someone asks me to do so i if i mc give i'll take it like wedding like whatever um right. i i just love standing in front of people and talking that energy that i get it gives me life and so that's that's just who I am. So um, I remember in high school, I I would plan skits for school assemblies, right? Mm -hmm. 
So I'm just talking about the chronology of how I'm getting to where I am. And it's so good the, stuff. Good stuff. The, the teachers would allow me to, <laughs> um, to perform plays and skits for assembly. So five, 10 minute skits. And so one of the main topics that I would do is I would watch Martin on the yeah, Thursday yeah. night and I would go to school and I say, we are doing this scene of Martin. So I'd get Gina, my girlfriend, I'd get Cole, you know, I get Tommy, I get Pam. And uh, we would, we, I remember we did, we did the first episode uh, in, in assembly and uh, the one where Gina, uh, Martin says to Gina, uh, so go ahead, step, step, step. And they're in the bedroom. And so she starts to leave and he's like, Gina, 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 Gina. Yo, I remember we did, we did that uh, that skit at school, and um, everybody was it. going crazy. Like I, I just, it. I just was like the Martin. Like I just went crazy. I was Martin. Jason knows. Like we are. Yeah, that's Martin. A, that's that's how Kevin and I really connect. Like, we connect yeah. on, on levels, but yeah, the fact yeah. that Martin is in there, <laughs> Martin is life. Like, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so sauce. went from that to um, graduating from high school, going to university, and. Um, really being a, an English major. So I was an English major, English education. So I had to do a lot of writing. And so I tried different types of writing. I tried poetry. I did uh, skits. You know, obviously, I wrote a lot of essays. And the stuff that really stuck to me was the more creative thing. So I know when I was dating my, my, then, my girlfriend, my wife now, um, I wrote a lot of poetry. And um, one of the that that's back in the day when you know writing poetry to women was a thing like i don't know what these guys do now um um Man, i remember one of the lines that's, a, that's <laughs> another that, kev just gave us another topic for it's a podcast, podcast. Episode. It's another podcast romance <laughs> maybe that we ought to do that next valentine romance and communication yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. how yeah. things have changed Go ahead, kev. Over sorry years. about that yeah. Yeah, no problem. So um, yeah. I remember one of the lines from the poem because my wife is a little a little bit older than me. So you know when the the when you're younger, age the gap seems so much larger when you're younger. But when you get older, mm -hmm. the gap is like it's no big deal. But back then, mm -hmm. it was a big deal that uh, she was older than me, and I was like I was 19. So um, she she had found out that. I was younger and she didn't know how old I was. So she was ready like to be like, yo, I'm going to bounce because I don't want to date no young, young guy. I don't want to date no young guy. So I put pen to paper and I remember one of the lines. This line is in my, in my estimation, it was one of the best lines ever penned in the universe. So I said to her in the poem, don't count my years, count ours. Oh no, <laughs> boy! You just man. I, hey, listen. If there was ever a mic drop moment, that was it. Wow. Yeah. Don't Whoa. count our years. Don't count my years. Count ours together. You know what I'm saying? Um, yeah. So here we are, 22 years later, married. So anyway, um, so then uh, I graduated, went back, and taught high school English. Um, and, um, so what I did was I started to write plays, um, and in my mind, I wanted to do big productions. So this is the time that Tyler Perry is doing plays and I did, uh, two plays. One play was, um, called the first one I did was called, um, 
the worst kind of perfect, the mm. worst kind of perfect. And mm. I did it with the students. It was big, like big production stage. Like I brought in people to build out the stage. It was like, it was like 500 people were there. It was amazing. I remember I set it up so that everybody had stage hands, man. So I wasn't in the back. I was watching it happen. I got to sit in the mm. audience and watch it happen. And one of the greatest emotions is to put, put pen to paper or type something and you think you're going to get a reaction. You don't know for certain that you think you're going to maybe get the audience to gasp or to laugh or to, you know, cry or to say, ooh, or whatever. And when you're blessed to have that happen, it's an emotional experience. So I'm sitting in the back of the auditorium and I'm, it's coming to the line where I think it, where I thought it was funny and the audience is slapping their leg and they're rolling. And I'm like, this is magic. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, I, a thought, yeah. I put it on the paper, yeah. actors executed it and the audience responded. I was like, sign me up to be a writer because this is outrageous. I loved it. So then uh, that play uh, that was a success. And then the next year I wrote another one called The Poetic Prodigal. So this was a mesh of the, the, the prodigal son story infused with poetry and a mm. modern version of it. So I had poems written, you know, with the snap in, you know, it was very, it was, it was well done, well done. So mm. I had that emotion as well. Like it was like, it was so good. But it was a lot of work to do theater because, um, you know, they got to learn the lines. If somebody has stage fright, if they just forget, there's all kinds of things. Because, you know, I'm dealing with young people, all kinds of things at stake when you're doing theater. And it was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure. So I said, I'm not doing this anymore because this is a lot of work. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to write a screenplay. So the following year, I wrote a screenplay for the school and I was blessed because I have good relationships uh, with um, the teachers and admin. So ad I told admin because the other two things Excuse were success. Me, Kev, Kev all, all of this is happening while you were in college, right? No, this is, I'm teaching. I'm teaching. teaching. Oh, teaching. you're teaching You're, you're in Canada yeah, right I now. I graduated. I'm graduated. Mm -hmm. Are you in Canada at this yeah, moment? Yeah, I'm in Toronto. I'm in Toronto. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Got it. Got it. So, got it. so I'm teaching English and I'm doing this stuff. Nobody's asking me to do this stuff. This is just right. stuff that's in me, right? So, mm. uh, so I write. I go to ad administration and I say to them, "Hey, um, I have this idea." So, uh, the reason why it worked out because I had the two years prior of success, right? So I said, mm -hmm. "Hey, I want to step into the film." So they gave me ten grand in two thousand and nine to make this film. To make this film. And um, yeah, it was called Hush And Jason was at the premiere It was electric, it was electric As much Kev, as I, I'm, Kev, I'm sorry, could you uh, Kev, I'm sorry, could you repeat the name of it again? Hush it's called what? Hush Hush, okay yeah. Yeah. All right. Kev, yeah. there's a little skippy skip when A little bit when I'm not when sure the internet Oh, um, maybe maybe, maybe the internet. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not okay. home. You know. I'm in but Cleveland. The, the, okay. the name of it is was Hush. Hush. Yeah. And it mm -hmm. was your first screenplay. First first film, written and directed. I knew nothing about filming. I just knew I just wanted to make this film. And um, so as much as I loved the reaction of the audience in live theater and plays, 
there was nothing like and jason could tell you because he came to the premiere mm -hmm. there was, was nothing crazy. like having 500 people in a theater watching your movie yeah there was let nothing me, like it let me give my little color commentary all right so tim i've never been to a I've never been to like a red carpet. Like I'm gonna little brag brag on on Kev a little bit because this was his first screenplay or screen production, right? Film. Um, I knew nothing about it. However, if you like Toronto was buzzing, bro. Buzzing. So every time when I used to go to Canada, here's my story. Every time I used to go to Canada, this when I was fresh out of college or whatever, we were working two, three, four, five years outside of, you know, college or whatever, married and carrying on. And like, you know, I think I was in Tennessee at that point. Yeah, I think you, I was. 2009, you was in Memphis. Yeah, I didn't yeah. know you for about two years. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I flew up. I flew up because mm -hmm. Cab. This was big. I flew up for to to Canada, and sure every time I go there, Cab always takes me to the mall because they got drip, right? And I'm just like, "Yo, what's the new drip or whatever?" He's so he takes me to the store, and I get like these white pants, and 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 you know because it's that season, right? Because it's a vibe, bro. I feel I'm feeling like Cali vibes, like Hollywood vibes, <laughs> like yeah, it was crazy. So. I get my gear with Kevin, you know, like, but I'm hanging out with this dude because, you know, I'm staying with him and I'm feeling like everyone's like the city it was literally a buzz. Like every everybody who knew Kevin knew that this thing was popping. We finally get to the venue and there was a there was a literal it was a literal th theater um, and there was a little red carpet and there were cameras everywhere. There were pictures like they do. It was, it was, it was everything you see and know at a red carpet. And it was just mm. like, it was big production. Kevin sat on, he sat up in the balcony and everybody had the floor. The floor was full at the bottom. And I was feeling mm. good because I'm chilling up there with Kevin, like, like, this is Tyler Perry and, and this was this man's I feel like he's done this at least 12 times before everyone had that feel that mm. that feel to what was going on and it, it went off without a hitch and even better and like that was the birth if you will of his you know cinematography career in the in the midst of doing full <laughs> uh, full-time education <laughs> as mm -hmm. a as a teacher and wow yeah, wow. yeah, it, it, it yeah. definitely uh, is a core memory of mine, and it was it was phenomenal. So um, to feel the energy in the room, I was like, I yeah, I'm I'm gonna I'm doing film from now on. So uh, you wow. asked me why? It's because the energy that um, I know that, especially when it comes to the being in a premiere setting, um, to feel that feeling. Um, in a theater when people respond mm -hmm. positively, positively to your work and mm -hmm. that that was great and you know for film you could do it until you get it right so you could mm -hmm. take take after take you could do it till you get it right so tell me about um, it you know I've, I've listened to uh, A-list actors and actresses say that they're terrified of theater because you only get one chance to make it right yeah. <laughs> you know Taraji yeah. P. Henson said it's hard for her to do theater because she's afraid of being on stage and being in the middle of a scene 
and forgetting her lines. Yeah, yeah. And you can't, you know, the audience is there. You got to keep the energy of the scene up. You got to keep going. Yeah. And I hear I am putting pressure on myself because I'm on a stage by mm-hmm. myself. Yeah. Showing, you know, I'm on a, there's a one-man show I'm doing, August Wilson. Mm-hmm. And I'm standing there for an hour and 20 minutes. Mercy. And, and the script that I got, that I have to commit to memory is 40 pages. And it's about, 20, it's about 20, 28 monologues My uh, Lord. of his life, different Ridiculous. things that's going on for him. And and I don't, have, I don't even have any scene parts, right? So I got to tell the story. And, where and where so, are you doing this? Kev, let's go. It's in, it's in Seattle. It's, it's not in Seattle. It's in Walla Walla. Oh, yeah. It's, it's in Walla Walla at the Giza Powerhouse Theater. Uh, on September 9th and September 10th. Let's so, go, Kev. Yeah, you yeah. need some support there because that's yeah, yeah, that is crazy. So, I don't know if I do that. In fact, I got rehearsal tomorrow morning. So, you know, it. Listen, but listen, as I'm listening to you, Kev, I'm thinking to myself of uh, how how did so? Do you do your own casting or do you contract that out to a casting agent? agency so i'm an independent filmmaker so okay um it, everything is dependent on your budget so i've been doing a lot mm-hmm. of things by myself so i've done two pilots so mm-hmm. i've i've done fi- the film filming for one of them i had somebody else do the filming for another one uh, mm-hmm. i've done the edits for uh both of them um um but now i'm transitioning into um you know having other people for, for this film that I'm working on right now, like I'm not doing, I'm not going to be doing doing that work. Um, okay, but so you have you 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 hire a casting agency, yeah, to yeah. do it for you. Yes. got it, got it, got it, got it. That's good. That's good. Yeah. Well, you know, you 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 might appreciate this story, uh, Kev and and Jason. So I'm going to the Pacific Northwest Multicultural Reader Series and Film Festival in a couple of weeks. And when I get out there, I'm participating in table read, a table read of a of an independent film. And there's a number of other plays that are being put on. And last week, to my surprise, I was in a rehearsal with the actor who played Isaac on the love boat, Ted Lange. Oh, nice. And Ted, Ted Lange has this wonderful play that he wrote called Blues In My Coffee. And he was sharing with us, and we had a Zoom rehearsal, and he was sharing with us at the end of the rehearsal what you just said a moment ago. He said, it's one thing to write the script, but it's another thing to see the actors bring it to life and to actually <coughs> hear uh, hear them say lines that you thought would be funny and everybody ends up laughing. At uh-huh. So uh-huh. yeah, that, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, that's huge. That's pretty awesome. Kev, I have a question that leans into kind of like the heart of what you do. We understand that you definitely have a passion that flows, that, you know, that overflows into life because you develop this filmmaking career in the midst of another career. And I just know that because I've followed you and and have been your friend for such a long time since since university and i was just wondering like 
as you've grown and developed like and and you also create are a heavy creator when and, and you have these big dreams and big ideas like what is the true heart of what your the things that you have creative control over as opposed to like doing stuff for you know commercials for businesses and things if you guys didn't know that kev does uh video shoots for for major companies uh, around in the country and um but when you have creative control from the writing process casting and things of that nature what is the theme what are you sharing what is the thing that you that you desire to get out there in the world like at the end of the day i know you want to leave something for the individuals to to learn to interpret to discern if you will like do you does your movies have a does your creative genius have a message especially for those things that you do in an independent fashion yeah it's a great question i find myself um having a theme to the things that i that i write and produce um and i love relationships and i love you know the the discussions and the ups and downs of relationships because everybody can relate to relationships mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and i'm not just talking about um husband and wife or boyfriend and girlfriend i'm talking about friends guys girls girlfriends mm-hmm. i'm talking mm-hmm. about teacher student relationships like everybody mm-hmm. has you know mm-hmm. can relate to the ups and downs and circles <laughs> and all kinds of things it. about relationships yeah. right mm-hmm. and some things are hot topics and i want to i i touch on those and some things are normal that lead up and then there's a lot of times we get big surprises in relationships and how do you react to that and all like the, i like the so the, i would say the theme is relationships in my movies for sure for sure so, and mm-hmm. i'm sorry no i'm sorry go ahead Kev. No, 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 go, ahead, go, ahead, go ahead go ahead go ahead so you know kev as you were thinking about as you were listening listen as i was listening to you mm-hmm. uh, they talk about relationships I, I noticed I like stories about brothers. Uh, that's one of the reasons why I like Frazier so much. It's the story of these two brothers and they're extremely pretentious. They're Great really show. a couple really a couple of windbags and their father is this down to earth yeah. excuse the language, a down to earth, go to hell guy, who's a lunch pail guy, he was a con the blue con. And that's part of what makes the show so great. It's not only, I mean, it's great writing, of course, great comedy, great acting, but the interaction between uh, the uh, the song at the end, uh, what do you do with those tossed salads, which are Niles and Frazier, and scrambled eggs, which is their fun. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you mesh those two things together? So, Kev, I have another question I want to ask you. But I'm going to ask you that question on the other side of our break. So to our listening audience, you're not going to get content like this nowhere else. So don't even don't even try it. Don't even think about it. Hang in there with us. We will see y'all on the other side of our break. Hello, Motown Philly family. You all need to know that this podcast is sponsored by The Speaker's Mechanic. The Speaker's Mechanic is business enterprise of my co-host Jason Hall who is a 
communication skills coach, and he's also published author of a book called A Vocal Owner's Manual. He works with professionals who are looking to improve their communication skills, and I guarantee you that if you work with him, he will improve yours. Check out his book on Amazon. Again, it's called A Vocal Owner's Manual, and you will be certain once you check him out to improve and get better because here at Motown Philly, that's what we're all about. And that's what his brand, The Speaker's Mechanic, is all about. Thanks so much for tuning in. And thanks to The Speaker's Mechanic for this sponsorship. All right, y'all. Welcome back to episode 5 of the Motown Philly podcast. Yeah. Tim Golden here with Jason Hall. And we are interviewing none other than Kevin Cameron, filmmaker, content creator, and storyteller to mm. to hear kev tell it so kev I'm, I'm listening to you and i'm thinking about the fact that what is so nice about what you do is that you tell stories in different contexts right sometimes you tell stories that are the product of your imagination in film and sometimes you tell stories to sell a product for a client who has hired you to do that. I'd like to ask you, Kev, do you notice a difference? Because in advertising, the one objective is to sell the product, right? You have to sell whatever it is is being sold, whether it's goods or services, maybe you're selling upholstery cleaner, or maybe you're selling dance lessons, right? Yeah. Whatever it is, you you have to be able to sell the product is there a difference do you notice a difference from a creative standpoint when you have to tell a story to sell a product versus when you have to when you're telling a story that comes directly out of your creative imagination say about relationships uh-huh. is yeah. there a difference there and if so what what is that difference and and how would you describe the difference in telling a story in those two types of settings yeah great question um you're definitely a um academic so i will um answer it this way uh <laughs> um, well, i guess I, I guess i'll take that as a compliment i don't oh, know for sure for sure for sure <laughs> okay. um uh the the fundamentals of storytelling are the same right and so mm. you will have the exposition the rising action the climax the falling action and the denouement which is the mm-hmm. coming together of, of 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 all the all the the pieces are bringing the story mm-hmm. together and um you and so i had just made a commercial for a flooring and kitchen renovation company and the you know the storytelling is a little different in that um you don't get to have suspense in a 30 second spot right you got to you got to hit it like there's no time in filmmaking when you're storing that you you can set it up you can you know there can be subtleties you know suspense all of these things that you can add to make the story robust and full in the short spots you tell the story but the storytelling is how that person smiles 
you know, the emotions of the person really quickly. So in this one commercial, um, I understand that when people watch, they watch for different things in the commercial, right? So it, it'll, it'll hit different people different ways. So I always try to hit like, like this is one employee for that company. She had a shot where she was smiling and she was warm. And I made sure to use that in the commercial because uh, people are very superficial. So they'd be like, oh, she looks good. He looks good. I like that smile. You know, let me go a step further and click on the link simply because I like the way that person mm. looks right in 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 a movie you're willing to give any and anybody a chance well no matter if they look good they don't look good you're willing to give them a chance to build and see mm -hmm. how the story is is brought out in in shorts and commercials you don't have that time you don't have that time and mm -hmm. so um although the fundamentals are the same and you could build the story using those fundamentals quickly in in commercials um they, it, it is different in terms of you have more leverage in the long form um, movies versus short short form commercials. Wow, wow, excellent, Kev, excellent. I love the way you broke down the various parts of the story from the exposition to the denouement. That was uh, fabulous, fabulous, Kev. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. That was on my mind. Quick question: How do you spell denouement? Or Denny Mon. Mon. Denny Mon. Uh, D E N O U uh, M E N T. Denouement. Good it job. Be, Didn't mean might, to put you on spot. I just. It might be in just, there somewhere. Is that France? French? It is. Yep. It is. Yep. Just checking. Just checking. He go to English. He go to English first. man. That's what it is. The Z. So, so, Kevin, as as we talk about film and skits and you mentioned relationship, uh, Tim and I, you know, overarching theme is black film, uh, black, black cinema uh, and shows. When it comes to what you share, especially on an independent lane, is there something that you is there a part of the black story that you like highlighting? That could be like something that's nuanced that, you know, as you share and you're creative, like you want to tell not just a story from Kevin Cameron's point of view, but also like, is there some type of like in internal responsibility to kind of share the black story as well? I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're definitely an activist. So um, I just wanted to. Uh, <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, Tim's, Tim's the <laughs> academic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I I like to share the West Indian story, okay. and uh, and that. Why uh, is that? Oh, because you know I'm Jamaican. My family's Jamaican, okay. and you. I I really love to share the co the comedic part of our culture through the skits between with my dad and my mom, and um, I, one of the one of the forms of of <clears throat> film that I love to do is documentaries. And I personally love talking to senior seniors and older people. And why? Uh, I, I don't know. I was just born that way. Like I just, I just make room and time for, mm -hmm. for seniors. I just, I love talking to them. 
And, um, and so I, I really believe that we have a lot to learn from our seniors. And, and so one of the things that uh, I plan on doing is a documentary. I have it in my notes of documentaries I'm going to make is um, the journey of the West Indian to leave their country of birth and all of the fear and all of the every, everything that it takes to get the courage to leave your country of comfort to go to a new country to start from scratch and a lot of times you have to you can't even bring your family with you right away you have to wait and then bring your family one by one or two by two um, mm -hmm. and then you have to make it in a totally new culture you got to find employment you got to build your family you got to take care of your children I, that takes so much strength and courage and that has happened so many times in the West Indian culture. Um, so, you know, West Indians come and they move to certain places. They move to Canada, they move to um, New York, they move to England, mm -hmm. um, they move uh, to Fort Lauderdale, you know, they move to Florida. Um, and so the stories that are steeped in there, I think for sure, uh, I would love to share with the world the West Indian. Uh, matriculation from their mm -hmm. country of birth to all the stories of struggle like how many people the stories are endless of people who've gotten deported the stories are endless of people who mm -hmm. still don't have documentation and it's been 50 years the stories of of how they've they have raised doctors and lawyers and they've come from nothing in places like Jamaica and so I I just think those stories I think is my responsibility to tell. Real cool. Real cool. Beautiful, Kev. Beautiful. I, I like the way you put that at the end. You said it's your responsibility to tell those stories, perhaps because you see yourself as the product of one of those stories. Correct. Right? Correct. Mm -hmm. and, Correct. As someone whose whose own family has experienced everything that that you've just described. So so Kev, let me let me ask you this. When you write, do you write alone or do you have a writer's room? I know one of the criticisms of Tyler Perry and, and, and let's face it, Tyler Perry has become a sort of punching bag for every armchair. Uh -huh. film critic who wants to sit there. I mean, I love to hear, see people on social media. Oh, Tyler Perry was in his writer's room. And if people are throwing around this, this terminology, like they really know what they're talking about and actually know what they're doing. And uh, so, but, you know, he, he writes alone and he, he writes a lot of the scripts by himself. And one of the things that a lot of people have said is that writing, screenwriting especially, tends to be better when you have multiple people contributing to the story. Um, a, has, A, how do you write? Do you write your own scripts or do you collaborate with other writers? And B, do you think that it's true necessarily that the more writers you have, the better? 
and that if it's a script that was written solo, it's likely to not be as good as it would be if it were written in collaboration. So tell us how you do it and then tell tell us what you think about that concept or that principle. Yeah, I, I have over the years, I have written by myself and <laughs> I don't I I don't like um, monotony, so I don't like having one particular place to go to. Like I like variety. So um, mm. my wife will tell you that I had to finish because I for the film that I'm making now, it's called Forever's a Long Time. I was doing uh, a media package for it, so I had to. I had to, you know when you're doing these things, you have to produce a, like a scene of your movie or a portion of your movie so that people can see it when you're trying to get funding and stuff. So I was producing it, and I had to iron out the the script and make the change. So what I did was I went into the, the I went into my my wife's car um, in the garage where it felt like a cabin, like an airplane. Like it just, it just like, there's no extra noise I'm in the garage. There's no noise. Right. And I was no phone and it was mm. me inside the car and I need the quiet. I need the absolute quiet. Like I can't just be in a room knowing that somebody else is in another room. I, I, I needed absolute quiet. I, I, I need to really zone in when I'm writing like that. Mm -hmm. um, but but once I get that out, then it has to go to somebody else. So once I get, mm -hmm. I lay it down, I get all my stuff out, then I have to pass it along to another professional writer and then maybe another mm -hmm. one. And we got to get it. We got to collaborate and get it right. Mm -hmm. That's actually what mm -hmm. I'm doing now. With, now I'm doing that now with Forever's a long time. Mm. Tim, so let me you, tell you. Go. I'm sorry, no, no. Go ahead, Jay. What you say? So this piggybacks and adds a little color to what Kevin does, uh, from my point of view, and, and doing life with him. And when when you when he tells you this story about what he does and how he does it, like the thing is, you don't know he's doing it, and 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 you also wonder when does he get a chance to do it because he's often so busy doing everything else so mm. kev i could call give kev a call and say yo kev what's going on he'd be like well i'm just going through this this um the screen right play that i i've i've written and then i'm just like what like <laughs> when when did you do that like how did you do that because i think <laughs> i know what you're doing every almost every moment of the day when did you get a chance to write? And he he would tell me it's like I probably banged out like you know 20, 30 pages, 15. I'm just like, bro, you sat down and came up with an idea and you pumped out a script of anywhere between 20 to 30 or more pages. He was like, Yeah. I was like, when did you find time to do that? You have had to do X, Y, and Z and A, B, and C. How are you doing this? And it's 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 written out. He he can like send it to you. It's on some hard copy. I'm just like, what is happening right now? But he does it. Don't know how he does it. Yeah, Tyler, yeah. I rate Tyler Perry. Like I I I will not. I mean, some some of the stuff that you see is, but like, he's not perfect. But so I mean, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff you see is a little ridiculous. Like with the with um like. There'll be no food in the plate in a scene when there should be food in the plate. That's stuff like, but but I I rate him, I respect him through and through. Like 
the his ability to knock it out, to go into solitude yeah. and knock out a season of a show yeah. and co- or a couple yeah. seasons and come back yeah. and say here let's that, produce that it. is that, that compa- the capacity to do that is woefully underrated <laughs> oh man I mean, my gosh underrated underexamined and i think people and this is i want to ask your thoughts on this too kev you know as someone who is outside of the writers guild and outside of sag right the screen actors guild um, what are your what are your thoughts on mm-hmm. on the walkout, right? The strike that's going on because as I, I see this, and you know, again, I have a, quite a few friends in in film. One again, one guy I mentioned, Maurice Smith, lives in L.A. Mm-hmm. Uh, good guy, and I know somebody else who uh, is is you know posting on social media, and one of the big beefs is that screenwriters get paid nowhere near the money of an A-list actor like a Denzel Washington for example right uh-huh, what uh-huh. he's going to get paid versus what the writers of the script are going to get paid uh-huh. for for the movie and I, I think that's as my understanding I think that's one of the issues there so uh-huh. I, what are your thoughts on not so much the the business aspects of the walkout but just on on how easy it is because you know we come home and we turn on our favorite streaming service and we just take it for granted that our favorite shows are going to be there for Mm -hmm. sure for sure you know and and to hear you talk about i mean you know i'm a guy i'll never have a baby i get it but to hear you talk about your process and being in a car in your garage trying to figure it out before you pass it on and share it with somebody else that sounds like some you know i mean it's like you know intellectually it's like giving birth right Mm -hmm. i mean i think that's painful right especially if you're writing a story in which you have some personal stake or interest you know you might be reflecting on yourself and it's kind of hard and trying to get it out and getting it from your head to the paper is probably the hardest part so could you could you talk a little bit about what you see in the in the writer strike and in the actor strike and how that kind of uh how how just tell us your take on that and how easy it is to take the kind of work that you do for granted oh 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 you you hit a nerve there brother yeah, go ahead, yeah. Talk so about it, man. the reality is, like you said, people will never understand what it takes to produce a work. Mm. They will never understand it. The people, the only ones who understand are the people who understand it, and those are the mm. that's a that's a small percentage mm. of people who are working behind the scenes. What it takes, like okay, so let let me make it. A, I'm a, I like to tell stories, so let me make it a little more personal so so i'm making this this independent film and to let me tell you everything that i did before i even got to filming okay so i wrote the script it was it was it was an eight page scene i was only able to do four pages why because 
it took eight hours to do four pages. So you don't have like every hour is more money. Everything is more money the longer it takes. And so I wasn't able to do everything that I wanted to do based on the budget. So I had to cut it in half. So four pages, eight hours. And, um, you know, the process of casting the, I had to, I did zoom, a zoom casting call. So I had to send out the request for the casting call. So I had to write the descriptions, write the character descriptions, write the people who I, who I was looking for, then find the outlets where actors would be send that out pay for that then take the requests then go through all of the all of the of the callback all the people who are interested to audition and then do the auditions and then and then um make my choices and then do callbacks right and and then eventually get get to the people that are going to be in in that scene then you take the script and then you itemize the script for all the all the props and the things that you will need that are in that scene so if it if there are a dinner table the dinner table needs to be set how many people are at the dinner table oh so you know then i have extras then i have a bartender i have a waiter i have a waitress you know, what is the room going to look like? So the script has to itemize each and everything. These are things that these these writers have to do. These are things that people will never see. You know, Kevin, Kev, if I could just stop you there, just not to interrupt. But you haven't even talked about how many different locations you might need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You, you yeah. might need you might need a dining room. You might need to be on the beach. You yeah. might need to be in an office building. Yeah. You know. There might be there might be four or five different locations, and right. of course you have to secure permissions yep, and yep. and all of this. So I'm yep. sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. yeah. Sourcing yeah. locations, you know, um, all of that. Like it, it's endless. And you know, I've been watching The Simpsons lately, and the writing for The Simpsons, although it could be very you know sacrilegious and uh, you know racist and all that, the writing is pretty phenomenal on that show mm-hmm. um uh like those jokes that i can just imagine the team of writers <laughs> just going in like no these people are talented people who have to live lives they have mortgages to pay and um i think every every you know decade or so there's going to be a strike so that um you know that the wages um after a while when you're not being appreciated um financially or for you know in any other way but this is you know this is financially um you get tired of that Mm -hmm. you imagine seeing your work all over the world and you can't pay your mortgage Mm -hmm. so i i feel like i I feel the i feel like the the writers are in that place you know the actors, wow, that's yeah, 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 yeah. That's powerful. You know, I'm about my favorite TV show, uh, two favorite TV shows of all time, uh, Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul. Right, love them, both of them uh-huh. shows. And to 
listen to the actors talk about the writers and and all the work they do and it just it hit different when you said that just now right can mm -hmm. you imagine being a writer on that show and being paid nowhere near what your intellectual product is worth and then other people are coming home and watching your work on a screen with actors and you're having trouble paying your bills yeah Ooh, yeah that's got yeah. that hit that hit me different man yeah that's a very yeah. powerful point Kevin. thanks yeah. thanks so much yeah. for sharing that Kevin. you're welcome you're yeah. welcome yeah Kevin, i have um a few a few couple of questions to ask and i know i can't ask them all at one time so i'm I'm trying to decide where do I go with this because Tim kind of helped me like explore another angle to potentially go for like maybe we'll get to it later or in a few asking you about what does the filmmaker think what as to what films and shows he most likes and sees as you know what is really and truly an artistic work of art that you just love and lean into and would call your favorite but before i go there so tim help me remember that as far as a question like yo as a filmmaker what do you like to see what do you what do what are your top shows or what are your top films of all time that'd be interesting <coughs> to know but before we get to that like i'm thinking about uh you as far as as you write and you go through your process two kind of questions that are inside of this one too um where where do you draw inspiration from i would guess you draw it from life but where do you find the most inspirational place or what do you think the most inspirational thing and does it hit you all at one and how does it hit you and then as you write and produce do you have a certain connection that you're trying to make not with just all the cast but more specifically the lead the lead member like for example if tim was doing one of your screenwrites like is are are you trying to really connect with the leader if will if you were writing for will smith or you didn't know you were writing for will smith but in your head you're just like yo he could really pull off what i am trying to create like do you write for a certain person not just for a certain person like do you write for that connection with oh i can see the lead doing this and once this is done he and i can have director type conversations to really help to pull this off like what is that connection but first the the first where's your where do you draw inspiration from yeah i love those questions uh my I, generally my inspiration is from seeing other people's work and mm -hmm. uh i mm -hmm. i love when i am emotional watching work i love it when it draws me in where i have to put down my laptop and stop my social media stuff that i have to do mm -hmm. Um, uh, for other for my clients, and mm -hmm. I really got to pay attention. I, I like I just love that. Or if it's a, I die if it's a film that I know I could have made, I, I get inspired to make to to start writing, or you know whatever. Like I get inspired in different moments. Like uh, I'll be in the shower, and then I'll have a thought. I have a really great relationship with my dad uh, and my mom, but my dad, especially. And so I have a thought, Oh, my dad said something funny or, you know, my dad is great because blah, blah. And then I'll just get out the shower and then I'll just write a skit and then I'll do it and it'll be done in 15 minutes. Right. 
Um, so, mm. I, so yes, some some of it is life in my relationships, and then some of it is the great work of others inspires me to be great to do my own work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good, yeah, That's yeah. Good, and the other question was the piece uh, when it comes to as you write um, films or uh, just on a on a bigger scale. Oh yeah. yeah do you do you yeah do you write for that for that lead person and do you have some type of um, you know emotional connection to that person that, yeah, that yeah. really helps to drive drive your creative work? Yeah, I love that question. It, <clears throat> I think I write to be true to the story. Mm. and not for you know a lead a particular lead because mm. if you have all your eggs in one basket to try to get that actor anything can happen or the actor could say yes mm. and then can't do it uh, somebody gets mm-hmm. sick blah 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 so um you write to be true to the story and then um when you do that when you're true to the story the right person will fit Mm. will find okay. because you were you were true to the story right um i think that i think that's my goal that's a that's a great point kev you know i'm listening to you all and i'm thinking about the guy who wrote the script for uh, roman j israel esquire and roman j israel esquire great movie is film Great movie, great movie, a film in which Denzel Washington plays an autistic lawyer Lawyer. Mm -hmm. who has a habit of eating peanut butter sandwiches over the sink. And about five years ago, which is when the movie premiered, the writer, I forget his name, he he was saying, and and Kev, this really hits your point, resonates with the point you just made. He said he wrote that script exactly for Denzel Washington. And he said, if Denzel Washington did not say yes, the script and the story would never have seen the light of day. Mm-hmm. And and that wow. is that is interesting because he said he didn't want he didn't want anyone else to play that role other than Denzel Washington. And I think that that film is one of Denzel Washington's most underrated performances. Is, I mean, we all know about we all so know good. about Malcolm X, in which he was just off the charts. But he was so good in Roman J. Israel that so the film. The film crew said that usually when Denzel Washington is filming, say for example, Training Day, they're filming scenes in Los Angeles. They said you you have to you have to literally get the police to keep the groupies away. But they said when they filmed Roman J. Israel, they finished the movie in record time because there were no groupies, because nobody recognized him. As Denzel wow. Washington, he had to gain 50 pounds for that role. Wow. He had to grow an afro. He had to walk and he looked frumpy and he carried a big briefcase and he was kind of on the spectrum. So he was socially awkward. He would say things out of context. And and it's just amazing to me how uh, that that writer took that risk and yeah, said, did. you know, if, if Denzel says no, then this work will will never see the light of day. Yeah, well, and I don't have that privilege. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. That's, that was my point, right, Kev? You you're not in a position to uh, to to you know to take that kind of risk. I do suspect that one day you might be in a position mm-hmm. to do that. Hallelujah. But, uh, 
but I and you know from from our lips to God's ears. Uh, but but right now you you can't do that. So those those two approaches I think are are very different there. Yeah. So Kev, you I heard you you talked about uh, you talked about the writing on The Simpsons, and then you said that one of the things that really inspires you uh, is when you see somebody else doing good work. Can you think of a moment of a film that you saw? whether it was something on the big screen or something in independent film where you looked at someone else's work and as you said you had to turn off your laptop and your social media and sit down and watch it and you were just saying this is good this inspires me to be better let's go have you had a moment like that have you had moments like that and uh, more than one moment and and if you have what what was that moment or what were those moments like yeah i've had i've had several um mm -hmm. when i think back to um even the stage play um uh denzel denzel was in and then later on p diddy did um um a raisin in the sun raisin in the sun oh yeah oh yeah a raisin in the sun and so yeah. I just, I just, yeah. um, the rain Hansberry's unbelievable. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, and then, um, cause that time I was really into plays and stuff. So that was really inspiring mm -hmm. to me. And, um, another play that inspired me was, um, uh, uh, a death of a salesman. Oh, mm. oh my goodness. Do I love that play? Oh, oh my goodness. That, that one. So I started to write, uh, I didn't finish it, but I started to write something like it. Um, um, and then another one that got me in terms of a, a play was 12 Angry Men. Ooh. <laughs> hey, 12 Angry Men to have, because it goes along with uh, you and I, uh, Tim, because it's a lot mm -hmm. of dialogue. 12, mm -hmm. 12 men yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. This, this case. Yeah. Just talking yeah. about this case and yeah. how they have they, they get shifted in the discussion and there's one person in there kind of represents jesus in there and he's mm. just able to to accept everybody and ask questions and then people were getting upset just because he's asking questions you know and, mm. and people's uh minds were changed and they changed mm. their vote and and he wasn't really he wasn't really making anybody do it. He was just asking questions and, mm -hmm. you know, um, so that one was really good in terms of plays. So in terms of movie, there's all time favorite inspiring movie is the movie Crash. I don't oh, know if is you that remember. The, is that the 2004 movie with Ludacris and Lorraine yes. Tate, Sandra yes. Bullock, that yes. crowd? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The movie Crash kind of represents my writing style. It represents... Mm my storytelling that's like having different stories intersect mm. different people intersect their lives intersect and mm. uh, you know one of the scenes that just just brought so much so many emotions out of me so because i thought of my wife was you know when uh terrence get, oh. Howard gets pulled over by the police yeah. and his wife gets fondled by the police and yeah. he has to stand there and take it yeah. lest 
he get caught up and beat up by the police. And or, so, or so not, not just beat up, but shot and killed. Shot, shot and killed. And then there's so mm. many other things that happen as a result of that. So they have conflict. He, he and his wife have conflict after that's done. They're, they're not talking in the car right home when they get home. Like the wife is upset with him. Why didn't you, you didn't do anything. You didn't, why didn't you, what did you want me to do? You want me to get killed? And then mm -hmm. he carries that pain of that argument that he couldn't do anything. So now mm -hmm. he's acting crazy after that. I don't yeah. know if you remember when oh. uh, Lud Ludacris in the car and he, yeah. and he walks yeah. out and gets stopped by the police and he oh uh, that movie and then yeah. let me just finish that part um and then when when Terrence Howard's wife gets in the crash and the police officer that helps her is the same one that fondled her yeah like yeah. like who and, likes and this? she and, and she doesn't want his help. She doesn't right? want his help. She doesn't want him. It's almost like in that moment, she's so traumatized by the sexual assault that she would rather die in that yeah. car yeah, yeah. than yeah. have him save her. Wow. Yeah. But then but yeah. then but then humanity sets in and you you actually nobody wants to die. And then she realizes, oh my goodness, I want to live. Mm -hmm. So even though this man is a predator to me i have to allow him to help me and that is so like that human story touched me so deeply because mm -hmm. in wow. that moment she had to forgive him so that she could live or she yeah she had to at least see past her pain long enough yeah to yeah to yeah. appreciate her mortality yeah, right. I, I, and and I yeah. you say that so so wonderfully, but I'm thinking she lays down to me in my eyes. She she forgives even if it's momentary. And I believe that in that moment mm -hmm. she felt like he was apologizing. Mm -hmm. And huh. she chose to forgive. Do you see what this movie is doing to this? To that's us? the that's the that's the beauty of yeah. film. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Do you see what the what the writing has is doing yeah. for us in this discussion? Yeah. Uh -huh. you know? And so that's why yeah. Crash is my favorite movie. Wow. That's what, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. How about that? How about and then that? I'm super proud and inspired by Quinta Brunson, um, with uh, especially with Abbott Abbott Elementary. So proud of Oh, Abbott Elementary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which yeah, take, yeah. which takes great. place is filmed in Philly, the city Philly. of Brother Philly. Love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Philly. I'm so That's proud of good. her. So she does such a great job, and I love that show. Wow. Wow. That's keeping great. with that, keeping with that theme, Kevin, you mentioned Crash is is up there when it comes to movies, cinematography, what impacts you. Is it safe to say? I don't want to assume, but is that your favorite film, or mm -hmm. do you have a top? Do you have a top? What's your top? I want to ask you your top. Uh, let's go with top five. Well, why not? I mean, come on, you're a filmmaker. Top five films, if you can, and even uh, we can talk about shows, maybe. Tim, what do you think? Mm -hmm. Sure. Um, sure. I think it would be. Uh, let's start with the movies. I did this before, so let me. He looks like he's looking at a roller deck there. Uh, no, I, I I did this. <laughs> I did this once. I wrote it down, so I'm just gonna see if I remember. 
top favorite, my favorite films. Favorite, favorite films. Put you on the spot. We can. We are also gonna just give you a heads up. We're gonna ask you about shows. What What are some shows that you really love mm-hmm. to watch and marvel at? Um, I know Denzel. Denzel is one. I can't remember right now, but Crash is my favorite film. Uh, Martin is my favorite sitcom like that. Um, okay. Um, I watch a lot of sh- sitcoms. So I love Friends. I love Frasier. Um. Uh, what else do I watch? Cosby Show. Mm. Epic. Yeah, what am I? I just bought season five of the Cosby Show on Amazon Prime. Yeah, oh, that's went ahead and treated myself, man. Yes, like those shows are. Cosby is man. That show is awesome. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Those. I mean, those were come to mind. I have. I have a whole bunch of others, but I can't remember right now. But. I mean, Martin was life, like literally, like when the DVDs came out, I bought them every season. You know, I used to travel with them and and when I go places, I would pop it into my mini DVD player headphones and I'd be memorizing the lines and just enjoying it. Like Martin is, you know, Martin is my all time favorite. And then Cosby Show, I mean, it meant so much to us. The Cosby Show to the culture, yeah, so much. The Cosby Show, first of all, like I, I grew up in a pretty strict house, so Cosby Show, we were allowed to watch the Cosby Show, so you know that felt good, and um, you know it meant so much to us the Cosby Show. So, yeah, yeah. Jay, what you got? Well, I'm thinking if it's that, I think that's a good list, Kev. You come up with some other ones. I'm also interested to know, like, when it comes to, like, actors, who are, who's your, who are your top two, top three favorite actors, acts, act, actresses? Can't speak mm-hmm. right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, Denzel is probably number one. Um, Tom Hanks is amazing. Um... I like Sanaya Lathan. She's funny. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, I just you just can't go wrong with Denzel. Um, the young, your, would you? It is safe to say that's your goat. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Do you know the the movie that he did with the young man where he was um, he was in the army on the boat? Or something, not a not on the boat. No, he, Crimson Tide. Oh, Crimson Tide. No, when no. he was a psychologist. Yeah, he was a psychologist. Oh, Antoine Fisher. Antoine yeah. Fisher. Oh, Tim and my. Tim and I love that. Oh, what a movie! Antoine man. Fisher, man. What <laughs> what's, what's the name of the movie where the guy, um, where Denzel <laughs> goes into the hospital and his wife says to him, "Do something." John Q. John Q. Oh my good! I'm telling John you, Denzel Q. has the best movies, man. John Q. That's yeah. a human. That's a, another human thing. Like your wife looks at you and says, "Do something," and you feel like you are the protector, <laughs> you are the provider. Yeah. Like it's and that, crazy. And that Joker, and that Joker took over the hospital. At yeah, took over the hospital. Yep. 
And, and Eddie Griffin, my man, Eddie Griffin was in the emergency room. Yeah, he was. The emergency room is on the stage. The drama is at a high level. And Eddie Griffin says, yo, man, can we get a bucket of chicken or something? <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. Hilarious. Yo, this question this question comes up. I have one, Tell me. I think you you might be real interested in it. I was just wondering um when it when it comes to when it comes to like your ability to kind of to cipher out like what you want to m- most put out there when it comes to the future. I guess we can kind of land the plane on this. What is your what is your vision? I know you have a project coming up, but what do you see Kev KC um, Films and Productions in the next? You know, at, at its highest level, like what do you see like you landing the plane, or what do you see you soaring to before you actually bring the plane down? Yeah, I, I, I see several things. So I see um, at least one or two, two, two movies a year. Um, I see um, uh, a hit TV show. And then I see a nonprofit training people who have a love and a desire of production. So that's acting filming and teaching these young people the art um, of production and film without um, charging them for anything because there's a whole bunch of creative amazing talented young people who will never be able to go to film school or acting take acting classes Uh, i want to be able to um, provide that service through a nonprofit. that's beautiful wow that's a great vision kev that's a great vision. I, I was trying to get us to chime in, Jay, on on favorite movies. Uh, so uh, you you what you have favorite films, favorite actors. Me personally, yeah, you personally. Um, Will Smith, the slapper, Denzel. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it. Will Smith, the slapper, Denzel too is my my goat. We never talked about actress. I can't say actress. What's wrong with me? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, who who's my favorite actress? Um, ooh, that's that's a, that's a tough one. I got to come back come back mm-hmm. to you on that one again. But Tim, what do you think? So, if we're talking about black actors, I would have to say uh, in no particular order. Well, yeah, I'd have to say Denzel top. And then I'd have to say Samuel L. Jackson, the range of characters mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that man plays. Cusses a lot, but he plays a <laughs> wide, wide, a wide range of roles. Uh, Denzel, Samuel L. Jackson, and I, you know, I actually like him a lot. I didn't like the fact that he got killed off. I'm sorry for the spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I didn't like the fact that he got killed off of the show All-American on Netflix. But I'm also a fan of Tate Diggs. Uh, multi-talented guy who was actually a dancer before he was an actor. So I would say those are my top three actresses. Actors. 
terms of actresses, if we're talking about black actresses, a big fan of Sanaa Lathan, big fan of Taraji P. Henson, and I'm also a big fan of um, uh, Regina King. Yeah, so for sure, for sure. Those are the those are actors, black actors, black actresses. Now we just start talking about actors and actresses in general. I got to bring in my man Al Pacino. I got to bring in Meryl Streep. I was going to say bring, Meryl Streep for sure. Yeah, I got to bring. I got to bring in. Oh, and I, wait a minute, this is sacrilege. One of them, I got to add another, a fourth one to the list, and I guess that would be um, Viola Davis. I, I that's yeah. almost sacrilegious to keep True. her off the list. She, yeah, she, she, yeah. she deserves those props for sure. Yep, 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 yep. Tim Land is playing for us. I believe our friend Kevin has to to mosey. All right, all right. Well, listen, Kev. Thank you for joining us, man. Listen, drop your social media info on us. Tell us where people can find you, whether it's Facebook, YouTube, whatever. Let us know how people can get in touch with you, man. Yeah, gladly. Uh, uh, KC Films Media. So the the business name is KC Films and Media. But for social, I took out the and. So it's KC Films Media. Yep, and I love I love the subscription on YouTube. I would love the support. Uh, I'm almost at 500, and you know that we can start monetizing at 500 now. So, um, mm-hmm. Kevin Cameron Films is my YouTube, and uh, all my other socials is Casey Films Media. Jay, where can they find you at, man? Listen, you guys know where I hang out at, or maybe you don't, but I mostly hang out on Instagram, Instagram at the speakers mechanic. You can find me there. You can DM me. You can also find me on LinkedIn, your communication skills coach, Jason Hall. You can find me in those places. Reach out to me. I am a professional communication skills coach for entrepreneurs, business owners, or professionals who work in spaces who are trying to be their best communicative selves. Tim, where in the world can we find you, my guy? You can find me on the gram, Instagram, at a good golden man. You can find me on Twitter at DRTJGoldenESQ. Last but not least, you can find me on Facebook at Tim Golden. Three things in life for certain death taxes, and I am the only black man in Walla Walla named Tim Goldberg. I guarantee it. Listen, Kevin Cameron, thank you for joining us, man. I'm yes. looking forward to listen the way Jason described that next permit that premiere in Toronto. <laughs> I need an excuse to get. I need an excuse to get out of town and get yeah. dressed up. Looking yeah, real grown and sexy on the red carpet. <laughs> yes, sir. So yes, sir. I, I can't wait until you have your next great film, next great premiere. Kevin, I wish you just all the love, peace, and the success in the world, brother. God bless you and all your endeavors. And until episode five one, I do believe that we are out of here. Like Vladimir. Peace. Peace. peace.